Sup, you beautiful bastards. Hope you had a fantastic Monday. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. And a quick thing before we get started. I was so blown away by the overwhelming positive reaction of last week's DeFranco Does video where I talk about some personal stuff with me. And more importantly, the people that were going through their own thing were, were able to be seen or feel less lonely that I decided to upload actually a brand new DeFranco Does video today on a different topic. So after today's show, go check out that brand new video. Uh, it's fantastic, I think, if you are a parent or you are a child that has a not fantastic relationship with both parents or just specifically one. And oddly enough, it is a video I was inspired to make after my son accidentally punched and busted my lips. So yeah, watch that after today's show, top link down below. But with that said, welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. Buckle up, hit that like button, otherwise we'll punch you in the throat and let's just jump into it. The first thing we're gonna talk about today are some major updates regarding that huge Pornhub story that we covered last week. So if you missed it, the company announced last Tuesday that it would no longer accept uploads from unverified users and that effective immediately only content partners and members of Pornhub's model program could upload videos. So an absolutely massive move that Pornhub said they decided following an independent review back in April to eliminate illegal content, but there a lot of people speculating that it was actually in large part because of a New York Times op-ed that had been published just days before. An op-ed that among other things found that the site had been hosting videos of minors and young women that were uploaded without their knowledge and in many cases were of their assaults. It resulted in massive backlash against the site, the calls for businesses to cut ties with the company. And in fact, since we last talked, we saw both Visa and MasterCard announcing on Thursday that they would stop processing all payments on the site. With MasterCard saying in a statement that they made this decision after their investigation confirmed violations of our standards prohibiting unlawful content on their site. With Visa tweeting shortly after that it would also be suspending payments while it completed its own investigation. But the biggest news came last night from Pornhub that announced a massive purge. Announcing that in addition to banning unverified users from uploading new videos, it would also be taking down all previously uploaded content that was not created by content partners or members of the model program. When I say purge, I mean a massive Purge. Uh, before this move, according to reports, Pornhub hosted about 13.5 million videos. That, according to the number displayed on the site's search bar, but now, as of recording this video, that search bar shows just over 2.9 million videos. And notably in this blog post announcing this change, we, we saw Pornhub also kind of pointing the finger, noting that their new rule requiring every piece of content to be uploaded by verified users, that it was something that social media platforms like Facebook and TikTok have not yet implemented. With the company noting that Facebook's own transparency report found 84 million instances of child sexual abuse content over the last three years. And saying, by contrast, a report by the third party Internet Watch Foundation found 118 similar instances instances on Pornhub in the same time period. Though, notably, the author of the Times report specifically said this is a huge undercount and that he was able to find hundreds of these kinds of videos on Pornhub in just half an hour. And while their statement noted that 118 was still too many, it also added, it is clear that Pornhub is being targeted not because of our policies and how we compare to our peers, but because we are an adult content platform. But also, regarding this kind of verification point, it has sparked a debate and pushback. Are you people pointing out that Pornhub is a site that is specifically for explicit content, whereas a social media companies that they name check, they're not explicitly for porn and the vast majority of people who are on those platforms are not verified. So you have people arguing it wouldn't make sense and it would also almost be impossible for a company like Facebook or YouTube to limit content to only verified users. And even beyond that, you had some criticizing and questioning Pornhub's verification process. It is because according to the site right now, all someone needs to do to become verified is to simply have a Pornhub account with an avatar and then upload a selfie of themselves holding a piece of paper with their username and Pornhub.com written on it or written somewhere on their body. And while the company 
did tell reporters that the process would be made more thorough sometime next year. They also didn't provide any specific details. Right, so in one corner, you have people worried that the new verification process will still be weak, it'll have loopholes, that the problem will still exist. But also, on the other side, there are also big concerns among sex workers that if the process is too limited, they won't be able to make money on the platform. Right, because the verification process being verified on the platform, it allows you to monetize your videos. And that monetization issue is something that already exists. For example, after MasterCard and Visa made their announcements, numerous sex workers and activists condemned this decision, saying that it would seriously hurt how porn performers collect income. And the concern also goes past this one website and onto other platforms as well. As model Avalon Faye told Vice's motherboard, by targeting Pornhub and successfully destroying the ability for independent creators to monetize their content, they have made it easier to remove payment options from smaller platforms too. And going on to say, this has nothing to do with helping abused victims and everything to do with hurting online adult entertainers to stop them from creating and sharing adult content. So some, including performers, concerned that maybe they'll go after a site like OnlyFans next. But a lot of this boils down to, on this debate, where you land as far as the intent. Do you believe that the intent is truly aimed at protecting young people protecting victims of assault and abuse? Do you think that is the, what's happening here? And so the, the levers are being moved to crack down on a company that was not doing enough to protect people? Or in this debate, do you just believe it's the front-facing part of this campaign saying that it's about the victims, but it's actually a concerted effort to crack down on adult entertainment. Also, with this story, there are other questions that, that kind of go into two separate directions. On one hand, does this change, does this push actually change anything, or is it just changing the location the bad stuff is happening in? Or are we just witnessing the beginning of an endless game of whack-a-mole, or is there an end in sight, at least, for the, the majority of consumers? And then, a question I guess that's more on the, the other end of the spectrum, may, almost maybe an optimist end. We start seeing more meaning change. The, the snowball starting with the most vulnerable of groups. You know, when it comes to adult entertainment, there's been a wide variety of other super questionable and exploitive practices. And right? I mean, one of the most outspoken and notable critics has been Mia Khalifa, someone who only worked in the industry for a small amount of time. She also continues to be one of Pornhub's most popular and top searched actresses. Having also spoken endlessly about the, the predatory and exploitive nature of the industry. A big chunk of this conversation also revolving around control and consent of your, your own body, the, the depiction of it on video, which once again is uh, why I think so many people are going to OnlyFans, including Mia Khalifa herself now. But ultimately where I'm going to end this story today is a question back to, to the main piece. Regarding what we're seeing happen with Pornhub, which camp are you landing in and why? And then, y'all liked it last time, so let's try to run through as many stories as possible. First up, you had Cyberpunk 2077 back in the news. Like we talked about last week, it was getting rather good reviews, but you also had a lot of people frustrated with a lot of bugs at launch. Well, you had PC players experiencing them as well. It turns out the bugs were especially bad for Xbox One and PS4 players. People complaining about, among other things, unplayable frame rates, 720p resolution, weird graphical errors. Personally, I've been playing on PS5. I've been loving the game, but it's also crashed for me about nine times. And actually, over the weekend we saw the developer CD Projekt Red issuing an apology and providing an update. First, for not showing the game on base last-gen consoles before it premiered, which would have allowed people to make a more informed decision, saying they should have paid more attention to making it play better on PS4 and Xbox One. Secondly, saying they'll fix the bugs and crashes with some updates, which they've already started releasing. And finally, and it'll be big to see how many people take them up on this, saying, if you are not pleased with the game on your console and don't want to wait for updates, you can opt to refund your copy. So yeah, if you're unhappy with the 
the game, you can actually get a refund right now. It'll be very interesting to see how many people actually do that. And uh, with this story, I will say it's been very interesting because there, there's been a debate sparked around fans being hypocrites or not. It's often been relayed in the form of a meme, but uh, essentially noting that so many people were angry that, that CD Projekt Red kept delaying this game. So many people saying release it already, but then when they finally do, people are angry about bugs. Well, I definitely think that that's probably representative of some people. It's a little bit too much of a blanket statement. I don't know. I'd love to know your thoughts there. Then we had David Dobrik in the news this week, and depending on your opinion, either for a good or a bad reason. If you didn't see, just a few days ago, he announced and launched the $100,000 puzzle. And to me, it's kind of a sweepstakes slash raffle shielded and presented as a product. Here's the gist. For $30 plus shipping, you buy a puzzle from David Dobrik. When you finish the puzzle, it will form a unique QR code. You then scan it and you get anywhere between 25 cents and $100,000. And according to the puzzle's website, 100,151 puzzles will be sold. And the reaction to this announcement has been very mixed. You have some people going, wow, this is an incredibly smart business move. If he sells out of these puzzles, which it's David Dobrik, I would I would assume that he will eventually sell out of these. He even tweeted on the 10th, 17,000 puzzles were sold in the first hour. Hey, you had some people saying this is a genius business move. He's gonna sell that amount for $30. That's over $3 million in gross profit. The total prize pool is just over a quarter of a million dollars. So before you get into the production of the actual puzzle itself, which hey, it's cardboard. Before taking that into account, you're talking about 2.75 million. I mean, the guy's gonna make bank from this. But on the other end of this, you had some people saying they hated this, that it was ridiculous. I'm going as far as to call it a scam. And that's because according to the data from the puzzle's own website, 99.3% of people who buy this puzzle will get a negative return in that their prize will be under the initial $30 spent. With an overwhelming number of the puzzles paying out $10 or less, and I mean 95,500 of the puzzles dishing out a quarter. But also the pushback we've seen against that backlash is if you are making this purchase, you understand what you're getting into. To be paid out, you have to be 18 and older, which which is also key because I think a lot of the times when you see stories about YouTubers or, or TikTokers or whoever with, with something like this, you have people saying they're exploiting younger fans. But yeah, with this, I would love to know your thoughts because for me personally, and when it comes to David Dobrik, I probably have a bias. I personally think this is a genius. I just didn't realize something like this would be legal. Though I personally would have loved if the puzzle was actually something and each one also just happened to have a unique QR code. But yeah, when it comes to a story like this, I'd love to know your thoughts. Do you think this is smart business? It's a genius move, or do you think, no, it is wrong and exploitive? Why or why not? I'd love to know. And the last thing we'll talk about today is COVID-19 is over, y'all. Coronavirus is out of here. We all did it together. We cared about one another and followed safety guidelines. And none of that is true, of course. On a Wednesday, we just broke a record with, with over 3,000 people dying in one day from COVID-19. We're also on track to see that happen consistently. Hospitals are also starting to get overwhelmed again, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. Today, the United States administered the first doses of Pfizer's and BioNTech's COVID-19 vaccine. This after it was authorized by the Food and Drug Administration on Friday and approved for administration yesterday by CDC Director Robert Redfield. And of course, one of the big important things here is that this will require two doses and trials show that after those two shots, it's been proven to be 95% effective. And where we're gonna start today is with who received the vaccine today and how the rollout for this vaccine will work. All right, so a nurse in New York is believed to be the first American to get the vaccine with the state's governor, Andrew Cuomo tweeting, this is what heroes look like. Sandra Lindsay, an ICU nurse at Long Island Jewish Medical Center in Queens, became the first American to get vaccinated in a non-trial setting. Thank you, Sandra, and thank you, Dr. Michelle Chester. There was actually a live stream of Lindsay receiving this vaccine with Governor Cuomo joining virtually to watch and be part of the moment. Sandra, you didn't, you didn't flinch. I take it that Dr. Chester has a good touch. 
She had a good touch and it didn't feel any different from taking any other vaccine. I am um, hopeful, I feel hopeful today. Um, really, I feel like healing is coming. I hope this marks the beginning to the end of the very with her adding that she wants to instill public trust in this vaccine and adding that while we are on the way out of this, until then, mask up and distance from others. And of course, other people are set to be a part of this. States, including Iowa, Kentucky, Connecticut, along with Washington, DC, are set to give out doses today. And the rest of the country is not far behind. As of Sunday, nearly 3 million doses were heading out of a Pfizer plant in Michigan to all 50 states. Those doses landing at 145 vaccination distribution sites, 425 on Tuesday, another 66 on Wednesday, with states largely planning to follow CDC advice when it comes to who should get the vaccine first, prioritizing healthcare workers and residents of nursing homes and other long-term care facilities. But also of note here, distribution of the vaccine isn't gonna be an easy feat as the Pfizer vaccine needs to be kept in ultra cold temperatures. That and states are still in need of federal funding to administer the shot and track who has and has not gotten it. But still, federal officials still claim that by the end of the year, 20 million vaccine doses will be distributed. But for those that are not in a long-term living facility, you are not a healthcare worker. You might be wondering, well, when can I get it? And I can tell you specifically, I, I have no idea. But uh, I will say, unless you're part of a high-risk population, I, I wouldn't start celebrating just yet. In the sort of best case scenario, the general public will be able to get vaccinated in the spring of 2021, but some experts also estimate that won't be until the summer or possibly even later. And then even further than that, of course, there is the issue of vaccine hesitancy, which is a much bigger issue with this vaccine specifically, right? It's not just the, the ridiculous anti-vaxxers. There are just a lot more people than usual that do not trust this. And I think a large part of that is the timeline. One of the records for a vaccine in the past was what, four years? And so this one, we've been able to develop multiple vaccines in less than a year. Historically, polio took seven years, measles, nine, mumps, four, with the average development being 10.7. Right, the vaccines that we're talking about today are unprecedented groundbreaking scientific triumphs, but that also makes people a lot more skeptical. You also have people saying things like, well, what are the long-term effects? Not fully understanding that uh, a lot more is known based off of what we've already seen. Also, we should note that there are potential side effects with this vaccine, including injection site pain, tiredness, headaches, chills, muscle or joint pain and fever, but reportedly those usually stopped after a few days. And just to be clear, these side effects are not unusual. In fact, they're the most common side effects associated with pretty much any vaccine. We've also seen reports of two nurses in the UK who had an allergic reaction to this vaccine, but those nurses also had histories of allergic reactions and are recovering well. You may have also seen people talking about four people in Pfizer's trial developing Bell's palsy, but it is important to note there that right now that is not considered a side effect of the vaccine. Officials do not believe that it was caused by the vaccine, but are still looking into the matter. But, you know, all of that said, uh, for me personally, as soon as this becomes available for me, I'm getting it. Put it in my body twice. Just as I was recording today's show, the United States exceeded 300,000 COVID-19 deaths. The number of cases increasing, as mentioned, we hit that milestone of over 3,000 deaths in a day. Uh, a number of experts believe that by the end of winter, the 300,000 might go to half a million. But yeah, that's the story, some of my personal feelings on it. And of course, I pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts on this? Are you, are you gonna take the vaccine as soon as it becomes available to you? Yes, no, why, why not? I'd love to know. And that is where I'm going to end today's show. As always, thank you for being a part of my daily dives in the news. If you're new here, definitely hit that subscribe button. Also, I'd recommend everyone text me at 813-213-4423 as we get into kind of the unscheduled 
time of the Philip DeFranco show because Christmas is around the corner and YouTube doesn't always notify when it's supposed to notify, so that's why I, I lean on that text number. Also, if you're looking forward to watch, remember I got that brand new DeFranco Does video. I, I highly recommend you check it out. Maybe even also subscribe to that channel. Click or tap right there. But with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.